Welcome to College and Career Reimagined, a podcast created by the Center for Equity and Post-Secondary Attainment. This podcast is designed to provide listeners with cutting-edge research and best practices, including tips and tools needed to implement equity-based career development and post-secondary readiness for students in the K-16 educational system. Your hosts are Dr. Laura Owen, founder and co-director, along with Dr. Camillo, director of the center. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I am Diana. And I'm Laura Owen. We're so excited to be joined today with um, Claudia Martinez, our Director of Career Pathways and Social Capital. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much, Diana and Laura. Uh, thank you for inviting me today to share some thoughts about uh, reimagining career. I have the pleasure to serve as a Director for Career Pathways and Social Capital, specifically I work with students who are part of the Avenues for Success program. And so the last few months, I've had the privilege and the opportunity to build this career unit. Um, And we have prioritized our focus to empower our students to explore who they are, uh, their strengths, what they bring to the table while they learn about the importance of meaningful connections um, while they explore uh, and pursue multiple career pathways. Thanks. And so I guess with that, right, today we're talking about reimagining careers. Uh, Can you, you know, from your own point of view and your own experience, can you share a little bit about what that means to you? What does reimagining careers mean to you? Yes, definitely. That's such a great question. So for me, in my opinion, um, you know, and what I mean, we, I think we as educators, I feel very strong that we need to get the power to each student um, to explore, you know, what career may look like for them. I see us as, you know, educators, but also as individuals who provide them with tools, right? We provide them with guidance um, so that the students can make a choice and decide how they want to approach their career. And so I think that's really important because sometimes I feel like our society paints this pretty picture, right? Or what a successful pathway looks like. You are going to go into high school, graduate high school, then you're going to go to college. And then when you graduate, you're going to be entering the workforce and you're going to climb through the corporate ladder. You're going to, you know, advance through titles, through ranks, and you're going to have this amazing stability, security. You're going to have a happy life, right? And so when I think of that approach, I just, I always think how utopic it can be. And I feel like it also sets up our students for failure, right? Because we are unintentionally created this deficit model um, because there's no such thing, right? There isn't such thing as a linear pathway, um, especially as we think about our communities, right? That have been deprived of resources. And Claudia, I know that you are doing an incredible amount of work of building community. You're talking about like our communities that are rich with resources. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, what are you doing in terms of building um, relationships with institutions to support students in their career exploration? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one thing that was important for me uh, when I started my role was really looking at um, our work in general, right? Uh, my individual work, but also our society's work and Um, Some questions that I asked myself was really, okay, what's working, right? Um, And then also, who is it working for? Um, And I think that's such an important question to ask. And then 
as I self-assessed and self-reflected, it's also like, who is it not working for? And then how can we do this work differently? Um, again, I mentioned, you know, a cookie cutter approach is not going to be a good fit for everybody. And I think we need to acknowledge that um, there are multiple pathways to a happy and successful life after somebody graduates high school. And it goes beyond a four-year institution, right? Um, I think that looking at community colleges, looking at apprenticeships, looking at getting some work, work experience, service gap years, these are all very uh, viable pathways that are going to help somebody grow. Um, and we, like, and again, we as in our institutions, we really, we really need to provide multiple pathways, but also celebrate them, uh, celebrate the different approaches that we're going to use towards finding our purpose in life. Um, and specifically, you know, when I think about the work within Avenues for Success, we're being very intentional, right, of really providing the different tools, the different options, different resources to our students and let them know, yes, you do have a choice. You can explore multiple pathways. Uh, what works for you, right? And then again, seeing myself as that person who can provide them with those tools and get, can provide them with some guidance, I think that's what's going to be empowering to our students um, and what's really going to validate, you know, their aspirations, their goals, and so forth. You, you mentioned several uh, in several ways, right? The multiple pathways and even thinking about what that means or non-traditional pathways. And I know in education, we can start using buzzwords and things like that without creating a sort of an, an, an understanding or, or um, explaining it, right? And so I'm just wondering as, as you use the terms, right? Multiple pathways or non-traditional pathways. One, what does that mean to you but what does that mean when we think about reimagining career success for students? What I mean by multiple pathways is really um, looking beyond your four-year institution pathway, right? Um, the way that our systems are set up, a lot of students will not make it into a four-year institution or ultimately don't want to go into a four-year institution. So when we think about, you know, how to successfully set up our students for their next steps, um, I think about going beyond the traditional pathway, which is a four-year institution, right? And everything that you need to do in advance to maybe make it into this space. Um, and how, again, that sets up our students for failure, but it also creates a subconscious, like, confidence level, right? Am I worth of you know what our societal norms are and so on and I think that we need to look beyond that we need to look at beyond a GPA we need to look at beyond a four-year institution uh, we need to look at things from a human lens um, so looking at our students as in what are your strengths right what are your aspirations what are the things that you want to explore what brings you joy? What makes you happy? What, you know, what makes you feel like you are giving to your community? And really using those as predictors of success for somebody's career, um, especially as I think about what our workforce looks like um, after COVID-19, we as humans and as society are reimagining, like we are looking at what's important to us 
it's not a job. Um, you know, we, a lot of us, those that had the privilege to work from home, we got to be at home. We work hours and hours and some of my colleagues got let go. They got laid off. Right. Um, and all the meantime, you know, we're spending more time with our family, but also we're losing family members, right? So all this work and all these hours that we're putting into these jobs, um, when we went through such a traumatic experience as COVID-19, it really made us reassess, right? What's important to me? Is it going to be a job, a traditional job, a nine-to-five job, right? That mm-hmm. ultimately can replace me the next day, right? For somebody who's willing to accept a less salary or is it my family who they only have one of me, right? And so that's just one example. Um, And so I think if anything, the silver lining uh, when it comes to reimagining career success is really looking at somebody from a human perspective and helping them find purpose, helping them find joy within that specific career, whatever that may be. It could be, you know, in construction or it can be on engineering, right? And so what are those strengths, those values, those those experiences that you have to help you figure out a pathway to success? Yeah, and I think you, you bring up a great point, right? To think about the non-traditional meaning, you know, those things that we don't generally tell students um, are pathways in which they can be successful in, right? And so you know, I remember in my work as a school counselor, and we have these conversations that are very cookie cutter, while well intended, what that does for other students is that it sends a message, right, that if you're not within this cookie cutter, you know, mold, then therefore you won't be successful. And as someone who has had a lived experience and has met a lot of people from very many different backgrounds, I know that's not true. Right. But as I ask folks, you know, what was your high school experience like? What was your pathway? What was the career or college advice? What what did you receive? Oftentimes, you know, folks that didn't follow that cookie cutter and 20 years later are very successful. They say, you know, I had to figure it out on my own. And so I think you bring up a good point that we have to think about or think outside that cookie cutter um, that we are conditioned and trained to, I guess, put students through, right? That path and, and thinking about non-traditional. I'm also thinking about the gig economy, right? And we think about all the new technology and the new careers that we're also, quite frankly, not well-versed in as, as counselors, right? And we have to provide that space for students to think about that, right? Um, so I, that's just some of the things that I'm thinking about as you're talking about sort of the thinking outside the box. Yes, and I love that you say that, Diana, because I think a lot of times, right, again, going back to like, it's going to be this ladder and you're going to be in there for many years and you're going to go up this ladder. And I don't think that's true. Like, you know, for average, even data shows people change their careers five to seven times during their working life. And that's so important, I think, and that's so healthy because that just shows that we grow, right? As we get older, our interests change, our values change, our lived experience impacts us, right? And that's going to impact the careers that we choose to go into next. And so I like to say that uh, your career is a journey, um, but also it's a portfolio, right? It's a portfolio that's going to combine all your different interests, 
your different jobs that you're going to be doing. It's going to combine the different opportunities and the different doors that people open up for you. That's another thing as you were sharing about the high school experience. Rarely people talk about you're going to meet people that are going to open up doors for you that you would have never thought about. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's something that we don't, that's not going to be part of a linear path, right? But I think those opportunities are so important in shaping who we are and who we become and learning what we don't know. So. I, I think a lot of what you were talking about is so relational, right? Like you've been weaving that in through all of this work and you have this really unique title, right? Um, Director of Career Pathways and Social Capital. So I'm wondering if you could define, you know, for our audience, maybe a little bit what you're thinking of when you are um, bringing social capital into your career, career pathways work. And also, how do you see um, students leveraging social capital um, with diverse um, opportunities and resources? Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for that great question. Um, so social capital really is our connections, right? Our relationships and not only the access that we have to them, but also are we able to mobilize those relationships, those resources that we're exposed to so that we can further our potential so that we can, um, you know, we can meet our career goals or educational goals. Um, and that to me, you know, at the end of the day, it, it provides you one with better opportunities to better jobs. Uh, it provides you with an opportunity to develop essential skills that any employer would want in any employee, like teamwork, collaboration, communication, right? Um, but it also brings in the human aspect, right? We are humans who are wired to want to connect with other humans and want to create relationships and bonding. Um, and all of that doesn't stay outside of our classrooms. It doesn't stay outside of our workspaces. And so when I think about social capital, that is such a key component to get to know who you are professionally, academically, personally. And when I think about the communities that we work with, bringing in those role models that look like them, who have gone through the same experiences um, that they are about to go to, right? They navigated this huge systems, like a four-year institution, um, and they lived through it, right? And they're now navigating this other huge complex system like the uh, world of work. Um, so bringing these role models who are identity affirming, who are culturally affirming to our students, makes a huge difference because it lets them see themselves in them. Um, and that's a lot of times half the battle. Yeah, seeing yourself in uh, the many spaces that folks are also trying to guide you into, right? Those are the things that we talk about, representation matters. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, and, and I've, sometimes as we have these conversations, my mind goes in very different ways. Um, you know, thinking about reimagining, right, uh, careers, but I, I'm just wondering what has the experience been like for you to sort of reimagine doing this work from a very different perspective, given that you were probably trained to do this work in one way. And so sort of that creativity or thinking outside the box, how has that, how has that been for you? 
Oh, it's been it's been a journey, a really good journey, right? Like, um, I love the work that I do. I love the career world, um, and that you know, when I think about human development, human psychology, and just in our society, it's such a big part of our identity. Um, and so, I think what's been really amazing about that work is really, you know, re shifting to yes there are those technical things that you need to know what's a resume how to write one um how to keep it organized um interviewing skills but emphasizing the human part and the connections first and then the technical skills and that knowledge that we need to have next right or second um because again i think for me it just goes back to humanity, share humanity. It goes back to like, let's acknowledge what happened um, for three years or really is still happening, right? Like we survived the pandemic. Some of our close ones did not. Um, and I don't want to be that person that wants to go back to what we used to do before the pandemic. Um, I think what we were doing before was not working, um, especially for our communities that have been system impacted. Um, and I think just being part of this work is one, an honor. Um, I love just being in this space, but also it gives us the opportunity to really uh, meet our students and our communities where they are and approaching career work, the career development work from a um, culture perspective, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, we talk about social capital and I look at the communities that we work with. Um, within Avenues for Success, it's 99% communities of color, right, um, who have been historically marginalized. Um, but I really struggle with the deficit-based approach, um, which aligns to what we've been used to do. Um, and so I think when we highlight things like social capital, which is second nature in our culture, right? Like we are collective cultures. It's not an I, it's a we approach for us. Right. And so that's a strength. That's a strength that these communities bring. Um, and why not use that to help them navigate the world of career? Um, and I do think it makes an impact. I do think, I do see it in our students. It's it's an approach that they understand better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's common for them, right? It's, it's, it's not foreign. Claudia, I'm wondering um, if is there is there an activity or something that you've done with the students that really stands out for you? Thinking as our audience is practitioners and they're probably trying to wrap their head around what could this look like in my school. I'm wondering is there anything you've done this year that just is really sort of a standout um, activity that you think was really impactful for students? Ooh, how much time do I have? Because <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I, I feel like there's so much, but why don't I start with the foundation? I, and I think that's important if, if there's a first step that somebody wants to take, um, especially as I look at our population, right? It's high school students. And so sometimes there's been times where I've had to explain or define, okay, what are skills, right? And so I think starting with the very basic of social capital, which is really understanding that social capital is reciprocity. Right. And so like in any relationship, it's going to be two way. You're going to give, you're going to get. Um, but I do find that some students, because they're still so young, they don't know that they have so much to give. Um, 
they're still learning. Well, wait, I have strengths, I have skills, I have values within me. And yes, you do, right? So empowering them, but then also providing them with tools like one of my favorite is the RISEC assessment. That's a great tool that, um, you know, it assesses the student on six different skills that are connected to the world of work. And then it provides them, generally speaking, with their top three. And then once they're provided with the top three skills or strengths, then they're also connected to specific career pathways that they may want to explore. And so not only it's empowering the student to say, yes, look, you have this great artistic side in you or this really great enterprising side of you, right? And by the way, here's some careers that could connect to that. But again, it's also empowering them and letting them know you are bringing strengths and these are what they are, or you are bringing skills, right? So starting at the foundation and, you know, empowering with, you know, getting them to think about what are the strengths that you have? What are the skills that you have? And then pay it forward, right? You are also somebody who's bringing social capital. You are someone who's bringing resources. You're somebody who's bringing connections. So I think starting there will be a really good, yeah, a really good point. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, because I was thinking that that same question earlier, thinking about how do we modernize, right, their career advising practices um, in a school or in a program, whether it's an after-school program or something that is housed within a K-12 school or district. It, I, I feel like we can go on and on forever because there's so much to this conversation and we definitely want to have you back to share a lot more about assessments and all the other pieces of the work that we do that really cannot be captured in a, you know, in one episode. Um, but with that, I just want to kind of, is, is there anything else, any tips or anything that you think about um, as we sort of share with our audience and our listeners, what can they consider? Um, you know, if there's one thing that they really should be doing to work with their students to reimagine this career pathways, um, is there anything that also stands out for you? Yes, I always like to think about my time in high school and I like, you know, thinking or really asking myself, um, you know, what is that one thing that I needed to hear? Or maybe who's that one person that I needed that could have empowered me, right, to explore my purpose or could have empowered me to explore my passion? Um, because, you know, high school students, especially I'm thinking myself, when I was in high school, thinking about what life after high school may be like is quite overwhelming. <laughs> So I'm, you know, thinking I'm preparing myself. I'm going to be navigating constant change, constant uncertainty, constant growth as well, right? Um, so what is that one piece of advice or that one person that I needed um, at the time? And I think with that in mind, it, it really comes back to listening to our students, empathizing with them hearing them from a perspective of like, what is it that you need? Not what is it that you need based on, you know, standards, <laughs> grade standards or school standards and stuff. So um, if we do all that, I think that's helpful and it empowers our youth to really continue to hope, to bring idealism into our societies, to bring innovation. And we need a lot of that um, in, in our communities. And so 
I think we really just need to humanize our students and just remembering that we're not a GPA, we're not a college degree, right? We're not um, a trophy or anything like that. We are human and we're beautiful just the way we are. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. This has been College and Career Reimagined with Dr. Owen and Dr. Camillo from the Center for Equity and Post-Secondary Attainment. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to having you join us on the next episode. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, subscribe, or leave us a review. It means a lot. We're on Facebook and Instagram at SDSU SEPA. You can also contact us at SEPA at SDSU.edu. That's C-E-P-A at SDSU.edu. Till next time.